Hi, and welcome to Thinking Out Loud. This is Mariana And Elizabeth. Good morning. Good morning. Here I am again. Here you are. <laughs> One more time. One more Maybe. time, I guess. <laughs> Probably. Well, yeah, because I could go one more week, but I think I'm going to take a pass and let you and Stacy do next week. <laughs> Sounds good. We can just go ahead and plan on that. Because even even if I haven't had the baby at that point, I might not be too pleasant to talk to. So <laughs> <laughs> You'll be like, I hate all the books. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I did read to, I did read that about 50% of babies uh, go past their due date. I didn't know that, so... We're not so odd after all. Nah, it's not odd. No, and I just, I put something on Facebook and I got all these responses from people that were like, oh, I went 42 weeks. Oh, I went 41 weeks. Oh, and I'm like, oh, you guys didn't tell me any of this before. I guess that's good <laughs> that I didn't know before. Well, if you wanted a prompt baby, you should have had a discussion with it a while ago, probably. Yeah. Well, and uh, the first two, Sam's first two, one was on her due date and one was three or four days late. So Right. We're right on par for Harrelson kids. (laughs) (laughs) And our house is super clean. (laughs) Yay. That's good. I know, but if we wait too much longer, the dogs are going to have to have another bath. They're not going to be too excited about that. (laughs) It's going to be their turn next to be cleaned again. (laughs) They're like, uh... Hurry up, baby Harrelson. I know, like, please take the attention away from our mom. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the, la- the I do also need to wash there. Does Tag sleep in a crate? I can't remember. No, he doesn't. He has two dog beds in the bedroom, and he starts out on the bed, and then he moves down to his dog beds. That's what Waylon does, too. That's funny. Yeah. Willie sleeps on the bed all night. Oh, and if we, you kick our bed him is off, not big enough. Oh, yeah. If you kick Willie off, he sleeps on the. He stays awake until you fall asleep. Then he gets on the bed. <laughs> Cute. He just has to be with his humans. He's like, I can wait longer than you. <laughs> He's like, that's fine. Y'all go to sleep. Then I'll get up there. But we, I don't know if this has anything to do it do with it. But you know, we got Waylon when he was like five months, and we got mm-hmm. Willie when he was thirteen weeks. Oh yeah, probably. He's a lot more conditioned to snuggle time. Yeah. And he probably thinks we are his parents, you know? Yeah. Because he didn't um, spend much time with his mom. Poor guy. (laughs) And we also didn't, you know, enforce the no bed rule for a while. So it'll be interesting when uh, baby Ben shows up to see if we get more strict about those kinds of things. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. You should watch Lady and the Tramp again. Remember what happens. I don't she remember thinks, what happens. She just, she thinks that she's being kicked out. Oh, I, I might not be able to. What we were watching the other night, and I just started crying, and Sam's like, what is going on? I was like, I just can't watch this right now. <laughs> He's like, it's not that scary. I'm like, I know, I know. Was it scary? <laughs> No, we were watching uh, NBC's Blacklist. Oh. I haven't watched that. I don't even know what it is. Well, and, it, it, you know, it's about criminals and capturing criminals and, and all this stuff. And there's this one scene where the woman who's the FBI agent, her husband is being tortured or, mm-hmm. you know, has been captured or something like that. And I just lost it. I was Aww. like... 
I can't do this. If it was her, it'd be one thing, but it's like you. <laughs> He's like, okay, we're going to watch something happy. I was like, yes, yep. please. But predict what's happy because even happy will make you cry. I know, right? And I was oh, like, man. come on now. I'm 40 weeks pregnant. Give me a break. <laughs> it's not like I'm not going to be able to watch this stuff ever. But I was, uh, last week, I think, did I tell you I was reading Copper Sun by Sharon Draper? Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, and so I had to stop reading that halfway through. Because <laughs> it's too well, emotional. It was too emotional. The slave, the like whipping and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I, um, I, speaking of emotional things, I went to see Suffragette last night. Oh, yeah. And? Uh, it made my heart hurt. It was it was a good movie, though. A I good heart it. hurt. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it just shows more, like, how much we still need to fight for the rights of women. But Yeah, okay, so this is an interesting concept because I've been... Um, you know, I'm in. The, I read a lot of the Cola Rimo, uh discussion board much more than I've been writing, unfortunately, lately. <laughs> but yeah. that could all change. Um, but they are talking about killing off characters and how emotional it is. And they, you know, some of them have said, "Oh, but this was part of my outline for the whole time. I knew this was coming. I don't know why it's like taking it all out of me to kill off this character, but I can't, yeah. I can't take it." Just because you know it's coming doesn't mean you're not going to get attached. Well, and isn't that funny? You know, when you think about, as a writer, the emotional kind of experience and roller coaster of writing some of these things to which, you know, pregnant ladies cry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, Noah, it's funny, Noah and I were talking about my novel a little bit. And I was saying how I'm too gentle with my characters because because I like them and I don't want them to feel pain because I don't like the experience of feeling pain and how they need to feel pain so that they can grow. And then I was like, oh, crap, that means I'm going to have to kill one. Probably. And it's sort of horrible to, like, think about that. And then Noah was like, yeah, well, your whole goal should be to make me cry. What will make Noah cry? And I was like, (laughs) oh, my gosh. (laughs) But it's true. It's true because it doesn't ring true if yeah. there's not suffering in some it's, part. Yeah. yeah. If they and the, and if the characters don't go through some kind of risky situation, you know, your characters will be flat because we all know that this world is unpredictable and has pain and hurt in it. And if we can't as writers recreate that in some way, then we're not creating authentic stories really. Yeah. Yeah, and in the case of Suffragette last night, like it wasn't um I mean, it's based on a true story. So, like, the, the pain that you see there and the, the suffering that they, like, went through to bring women the right to vote um, or to at least start the ball rolling on women having the right to vote. It's just, like, you're like, no, this is real. This is this is what happened to them. You know, it's a fictionalized account, but still, like, this is what they went through to get there and what women are still going through, so... Yeah, and I think that kind of um, that kind of pain is harder for me. Like when we watch Star Wars, that's not very hard pain because I don't really <laughs> know people who have really lost limbs from lightsabers, you know. Right. But to think historically of the pain that people really did endure, that's the part that's that's getting me right now, at least. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
But we've talked about this, how you and I have both had to go to another genre or a happier place after, a you know, a particular yeah. book we read or something like that. Darn that Elizabeth Gilbert making you making you feel the feels. Yeah. <laughs> but I do wonder. So I wonder, you know, this is so OK. Today it's rainy outside. It's cold. It's like 20 degrees colder than it's been all last week. Thank goodness, finally. But for me, like, in my head, this is the perfect day to have a cup of coffee or a cup of hot chocolate and read. And I wonder about those people in the world who just don't read. Yeah. There are lots of people who just don't read books. (laughs) It's true. I've been thinking about them, those people, and I'm like, maybe it's because they don't want to have the feels, as you put it. (laughs) Or they don't want to think deeper or what? Some of them. I think some of them, it's attention span, too. It takes longer for a story to unfold in a book, which I don't mind. I like that, but some people might not. I don't know. <laughs> it's so- it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't equate to me either. Like, when it all comes down to it, and I talk to somebody who's like, oh, yeah, I just don't like to read. I'm like, how? I, how? How? What? I don't, you survive. I can't. I can't comprehend this. But I mean, you know, like I have friends who are lawyers, and they're like, I stare at books all day long. I, you know, I just can't. I don't. I don't want to. And I'm like, okay. I guess I see that. Except that I was like, reading a novel is not like reading a law deposition. Text. Whatever lawyers read, I don't know. <laughs> but, well, and I'm also looking at. Um, you know, even Baby Ben in his nursery has two book baskets already, and then we've moved the rest of, like, the non-board books to Mary Hudson's room for Laura Cooper and Mary Hudson. And, I mean, I'm looking right now, there's, like, four shelves full of books for them. Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah, if we ever move, this is going to surely be a pain, but... <laughs> well... Yeah, moving, I think books by mass is the most, it it accounts for most of our possessions. Yeah. (laughs) And they they degrade in value pretty quickly, too. It's the problem. But, you know, ever since we started the book exchange, the Harrelson Press Book Exchange, which I need to check on the progress of. um, Right. Because I know there are at least two or three more links that still need to go somewhere, so... I need to check on the progress of that, but... Well, it's not me holding it up anymore. No, no. Um, but what we, uh, what I've discovered is that I'm much more willing now that we've talked about the book exchange, and also, really, that I sent you that package, and you liked the books that I sent you, <laughs> you know? So, even yes, yes, last week sometime, I don't know, I'm losing track of days now, but... <laughs> I sent um, Big Magic, which I love, onto somebody because I knew that she would love it too. And nice. then I had these other two books that I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to keep these. And I sent it to somebody and I was like, you know, if I don't get these back, I'll be sad. And I, then I was like, but they really need to read it. Yeah. And so the book exchange has liberated me to share the wealth. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and I mean, there are certain, there are certain books that I, I like to keep because I want to be able to go back and experience them again. But for the large part, I'm like, no, I can, I can pass this book on. And then there's some of that, like um, that potential. 
energy, you know, of like books that you're like, but I really want to read this, but am I ever actually going to read this? No, probably not. So you can put that in a box too and send it away or whatever. Like I have a few bags right now to go to Goodwill and they're all books. And it's funny because Noah was like, we should see if we could sell these back places. And then like I let him do some internet research and he's like, never mind. Yeah. They're not worth well, anything. I was like, exactly. They're not worth anything. They really aren't. And I've uh, I've even done some research for Harrelson Press about being like a reseller on uh, eBay or on Amazon, and it's just really not worth it. However, what I have discovered is that if I do discount books when I have a booth that I set up, yeah, I can get one or two dollars for them. Right. Yeah, but you have to have the booth, and I mean, you're already doing that, so that's exactly. Good, so like I just add it somebody to- like me. Right. It doesn't really. <laughs> no. Doesn't really equate. But that, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of, it, it serves two purposes. So the discount books actually get people to come to your booth and then right. they consider the other ones. So that's been actually a good kind of business move. So, you know, I'll read a book and I'll be like, and this is now a discount book and this is now a discount book. And so it's serving two purposes. But I also do have to store those until I have a booth again. But that's not so terrible. Yeah. So this is interesting. So I'm not a big rereader. I do. No. I I do reread and have reread a lot of children's books, Mm -hmm. obviously, because I was a teacher, but also because now that our girls are eight and five, you know, we've started chapter books. So we've introduced them. And I've, you know, I've read, I'm just thinking about the BFG by Royal Dahl. I think I've read that one like six times as I've read it aloud to classes. And then. Nice. Read it for some of my classes in college, but you know, I might go back for for a book like Big Magic and reference it. But no, I don't reread books. I'll watch the same. Well, you know, I'll watch Gilmore <laughs> Girls again and again and again, or I'll watch the same movie again and again. But I can't do it with books. I don't know mm. why. That's interesting. Yeah, I um, I reread all the time. <laughs> That's so- but not everything. So like Big Magic, you know, I marked it all up and I have lots of stuff in it. And I'll go back and reference that. But I'm not going to reread that entire book. Right. But Harry Potter, I can't even tell you how many times I've reread those books. That's so interesting. I don't and know I'm what it is in my brain. I'm actually considering doing it again. <laughs> but because I like I have, I have a thread of like analysis that I want to follow through this time. You know, so like. I don't know. So that's, yeah, that's what that's for. Yeah, and I guess I do rereading on, like, reference books, but I don't do it on novels. Mm. So it's very strange. I have a, a kind of concern about it because so many people who are readers have told me that they reread. I'm like, I just never do that. I think it's also because I have so many books always that I want to read that I think, oh, I could go back and read it. I'm like, no, I want to read this new book. <laughs> now, I will say, I have reread on certain occasions books that had a different cover, but I got like three chapters in and was like, wait, I've already read this one. <laughs> this sounds really familiar. And I had picked up the same book about a year in between, just with a different cover. Yeah. And I didn't realize I had read it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those tricksy publishers and their new covers. I know, right? But no, I, I don't know. I, there's something to rereading for me, especially because like, um, because I, I read kind of fast and I like 
I skip details sometimes. I'm not even ashamed to ashamed to admit it, which actually it's one of those things when I edit for people, if like there's too big a block of like exposition that's just trying to describe some place or something or whatever or some person, I'm like, you really want to think about this because people are not going to just like sit here and like wait for this. They're going <laughs> to don't right over it and move on. I know so. because it's taking me five times to edit this because I keep right? skipping. Because I keep trying to skip it. I can't <laughs> skip it. But um. But yeah, like, so the first time through, like, I read to understand what's going on. And then, like, I go back um, to catch details and to, or to, like, you know, think about a specific character the whole way through and what their experience was. And, and like, in Harry Potter this time, like, I, um, somebody asked me a question having to do with, um, with the way that certain characters were portrayed in the movies um, and like whether or not that showed a bias towards like body type that maybe they were trying to portray. And I was like, well, that's interesting because I feel like Rowling, like when she described these characters, that was the way she described them in the book. And then I was wondering like what her pattern of character description was and like if it had anything to do with like character traits, you know, or if it was just random or, um, but I don't think it's random because I feel like everything she did was pretty intentional in that book. So in those books, but so then I'm like, well, I didn't even pay attention to that. So now I have to go back and reread all seven of these books again to pay attention to that so that I can like speak educatedly on that thing. But yeah, that's just, there you go. That's me headed back into the world of Harry Potter. Although not yet, but eventually. (laughs) Well, yeah, but I see that that you're doing that as a, as a craft kind of inquisition, you know. Right, but so that's what I do with all the novels that I reread to a certain extent. I mean, yes, I'm you know I'll reread something because I like the story, but like I always note something new in it. So. I see. Anyways, I don't know. But maybe then- you should worry about that not rereading. <laughs> maybe I should, <laughs> but I'm also now I'm also thinking. You know, I haven't been um, a writer of novels per se for very long you know I tried it last year at NaNoWriMo and camp this summer but maybe as I write more myself then I'll do the same kind of craft studies that you're talking about yeah well I think one of the things that that I've learned over the past years actually is you know you know how they say um um imitation is a form of flattery and while you're like looking for your own voice in your writing, sometimes you have to imitate someone else first in order to get there because you need to get yourself started. Um, so like for me, even, you know, it's about like, if I think about a book that, um, had an impact on me, then I want to read that again. I want to read it and, and hear that voice again. Um, so that I can see what it was that I, that I liked about it. I think I'm going to have a leaf blower in my face in a minute. Sorry. Got distracted by the the darn guys. That's why we don't do Mondays. Um, but anyways, so, so like, it's, um, so, like, even, you know, I take, sometimes recently I've been taking books that I like, um, that there's something about them that impacted me, and writing out the first chapter by hand into a notebook, um, just to copy it and like feel the cadence of the writing and 
and pick out what are the details that the author is, you know, presenting to me here at the beginning of this novel um, to really like get inside that author's head as much as I possibly can um, and, and feel that so that then later I can apply it to my own craft. Um, which that's just, that's an entirely different form of rereading, you know, like really, really deeply rereading something like that. But I mean, that's a really good point. You know, I I hadn't thought about that purposeful rereading, you know, I guess <laughs> when I think about it, I've always thought about, oh, just enjoying it a second time, because that's if I rewatch a movie, like that's what I'm doing. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's the comfort of the story. But the reason I rewatch the things I rewatch is because there's something about that story that's comforting, right? Right. And so then, like, if you can identify that, like, that's fantastic, right? And then recreate it, or as you said, imitate it, then exactly. you've gotten, you know, you've gotten something good going. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay, so that's a different take on it. I could, I'm learning <laughs> something here. Well, and you should, like, you know, give yourself the freedom to reread, right? Be like... It's not a waste of my time to go back and visit this story again. Well, and I Why think I think if I if I uh, kind of condition it in my head at least to say go back to reading parts of the story, like I don't have to read the whole thing again, you know? Right, definitely. I can just find that know. one part. So, okay, um, on the topic of things that I've tried this week uh-huh. or will try, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> I also have Scrivener now. Yay! I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. you know what? I have a, a nano friend that wants a um, wants a Scrivener tutorial. Maybe we should like set up a. No, I'm serious. Yeah. I'm looking at this, and I imported my manuscript, and nice. I don't know. There's these folders that are like parts and chapters and scene and scene, and I don't really know how to work. This. <laughs> yeah, we should we should have a Scrivener party. Because I could give you guys some pointers. Yeah, so I guess I need to divide my manuscript into these different chapters. Um. Yeah, you want to eventually probably do that, but but does it? Do I like start writing on these little tiny index cards? No, the no. index card is just notes. Yeah. So, see, I don't think our listeners are going to appreciate me giving you the tutorial right now. But um, but I can explain that. The index cards are actually super important, and you want to make notes there so you know what your scenes are. That's one of my favorite things about Scrivener. Okay, but they are really index cards. So yes. I did get that, at least. <laughs> yes. The corkboard feature, it's the best. So you can go back. So these are like scene. Okay, and then... Oh, okay, and then the actual scene is where you put the manuscript. I get it. Yay for new tools. Right. So maybe we'll put a link in our show notes to the... um... Well, you should definitely put a link to Scrivener. It's, like, what, 40 bucks or something like that for, like, for the software? Yeah, but you can also do a free trial. You can do a free trial if you want to ch- test the waters on it, but 40 bucks is not going to put you out too much. And if you're doing nano, which, you know, it's only week two, you could still jump in and do nano if you wanted to. Um, and you get to 50,000 words and they give you 50% off. So you're getting the whole thing for 20 bucks. Wait, so, so they do it after? 
Oh, no, no, no. You can wait till after Nano, you mean? Yeah. But, so you could use the free trial for the month if you wanted to. Although, using a new software while you're trying to write 50,000 words in a month can be confusing. And yeah, that's where I got stuck. You'll focus. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But so. the good news is that you can um, you can import your, like, I'm just, I was just writing in a Word document. So you can import that Word document and then divide it up later as you, as, as you go back to the editing process, I'm guessing. Exactly. So, I'm not sure if I'll continue to use it for Nano, unless I can figure it out, but. Well, the thing that I like about it is that, like, I, um, so I write in a text box. Anyways, I write in my Write or Die app, and then I copy-paste that into Scrivener, and then, but then, like, when I'm done with my writing session and I close Scrivener, I have it pointed to back up to my Google Drive. So, it backs up oh, on my computer what I need to do. and then to my Google Drive. So, yay. <laughs> but. Yeah, so you can do that. Sam was telling me that he does it to Dropbox. So, you yeah. can do it to an online source so that you have it saved in multiple places, which is a good Which you idea. should always have <laughs> always saved do. in multiple places. Please, people, save your work because you will be so sad. So sad. So sad if you don't. But the other thing that I like about this that I'm looking at is you can also have your characters like listed and your places listed. So you can kind of, um, you know, I, I've pride myself. I don't know if I pride myself, but I'm definitely a pantser. <laughs> so, you know, but the part of me that is an organized freak, it actually does exist, just not in my writing. Um, right. <laughs> likes the potential of it. Yeah. I've, well, I've yeah, looked at it before. I just haven't. I haven't really just immersed Dived myself in, in it. Yeah. <laughs> There's tons of great features on that software. And know. also, so we linked to the place where you can buy it, but it also has tutorials there. But I'm hoping maybe Elizabeth will write a blog post for us that we can send maybe out there. I, maybe I will. Now that she's had at least two requests. <laughs> and the other, oh, the other great thing is that you can also export it to EPUB, ebook, Kindle ebook. Um, all of that stuff is exactly. right there for you. And that's, that's really what finally convinced me of it. Because I've been working on formatting a book that isn't um, being nice about formatting. So, Well, and you can create templates, too, so that, like, you can import stuff into templates that will then also like push you further along. But yes, we could extol the virtues of Scrivener all a day. I'm telling you, like I find something new about that software all the time. Every time I use it, I'm like, Oh wow. I didn't know that. Like these notes that I'm putting over here on the side, I can convert to footnotes. Holy Ooh, cow. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, and this is, this is what we're talking about. You know, when you, as you consider yourself uh, an author, as you consider yourself a writer, there's ways that you can um, make the experience more professional and easier for yourself. Mm-hmm. So buying, you know, exactly. I think this is, it says it's $45 now, but maybe that's just the Mac version. But you can, yeah, yeah. you know, investing in some software that's going to help you in the end is worth it. Yes, it is. Because doing NaNoWriMo really doesn't cost anything. No, it doesn't. Time, yes, but... <laughs> it does cost time. So, are I you... I passed the 25,000 word say, mark, too, by the way, I was going to say, when is that going to come up? 
<laughs> when is that going to come up? 25,000 words in one week. I wrote 10,000 words this weekend. That's insane. I'm like, I had no idea that I could just do that. But, um, but I think the key to it really is, and this is the essence of nano, just like un- unhinging that creative side and locking my inner editor in the closet and just being like, you be quiet now while I go work on this. And so, so I'll this deal is, with it later. <laughs> so this is an interesting thing because what I'm disco- what I'm discovering now is that I write very chronologically. And so if I get to the point where the chronological plot is messed up or there's inconsistencies, it's really hard for me to move forward. So what something like Scrivener allows is it allows you to do a chapter that you know you're going to do and then put it in later wherever it goes. And so this is one of the things I've discovered. This has been holding me up, especially in this memoir, because, (laughs) you know, accuracy kind of matters a little more. Uh Uh-huh. And so if I can, you know, find this tool or even just start a, you know, do a page break and start a new chapter and then say, I'm going to worry about that later. I'm going to write this chapter now or this scene, you know, you can even go more microscopic to the scene, then I'm going to be able to write and get my word count in and then organize later. And this is... Hey, 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 sorry. Leaf blower. Oh. Can you hear him? I can hear him a little bit, yeah. Okay, sorry. I just... I was afraid he was going to come into the little nook by the window where I am. (laughs) I think he might be going away right now. So, okay. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No worries. I was going to think, and now I'm thinking about, okay, what kind of distractions can my characters have? Right. A leaf blower that throws them off. A dog that comes in. <laughs> so, but I think a lot of, a lot of people who are pantsers or are writers chronologically, you know, you think if you're not writing this chapter that follows this last chapter that I wrote, then I'm not writing. I can't, I can't do this, <laughs> but it frees you to write yes. out of, out of order in certain ways, you know? Well, so the tool, the tool definitely does, but you have to like be able to flip that switch in your brain too, because, and I do know a lot of people who get really stalled because they have to write things in a certain way and they can't, or they won't like make their brain be flexible enough to move on to something else and come back. But if you can teach yourself to do that, um, you're going to help your craft a lot, actually. Um, And then build in the transitions later, you know. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it it's one or the other. But, like, sometimes just being able to move forward can help you be able to go back and get through that part where you were stuck before. Oh, sure. It makes your writing stronger, too. And this is how I think about it. I think about it as uh, movies. Like, do you know the movie The Holiday? Yeah. So the last scene where they're all together was actually the first scene that they shot. Uh Uh-huh. So they had just gotten to know each other, and they're supposed to have these well-rounded, developed relationships in that scene. And it comes across in the movie, even though that was like week one of filming. You know, this happens all the time when we talk about um, movies and filming and that kind of thing. So why don't we free ourselves as writers to be able to do it that way, you know? Well, like for me recently, um, 
or this past week, I I started, you know, with Nano and started in a different direction than I thought I was going to. I've been writing kind of backwards, actually, because like I wrote something that could be an ending to the story. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. But then I was like, okay, but how did she get there? And then how did she get there? And then how did she get there? So I'm working backwards, um, which kind of defies that whole chronological thing. Although, I mean, I guess you could work chronologically backwards, but that's not necessarily how it's working either. So, well, Yeah, and then you have this uh, backstory, if you will, <laughs> that you didn't necessarily plan on writing, maybe, but <laughs> that right. adds character depth. And even if it doesn't make it into the final manuscript, you know, that's get- helping you get to know the character better. Definitely. So I, I know a lot of people who are NaNoWriMo's who talk about useless words. Like, I don't want to write that because I know it's not going to end up in the book. Okay, well, maybe it doesn't end up in the book. But <laughs> you got to have some words that are going to be cut anyways in a manuscript. So why not right. put some words in there? Write them anyways. Write them anyways. Yeah, because and who knows? You you really don't know what's going to be cut from the book yet. Like you might think that you have the plan and that you know exactly how everything's going to go down. That ain't true. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. It, it takes on a life of its own, really. So, Yeah. But making sure you have enough words that you have words that can be cut is Right. And giving yourself all too. the options because maybe it will go that way. And then maybe you'll reread it once you're done with your draft and you'll be like, no, that's not right. And then you'll go a different direction. And maybe some of those words will take you in that other direction, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Write all the words. <laughs> I'm just so impressed that you're already halfway through and it's only been nine days. <laughs> or, yeah, nine days in the month here. Yep. Yep. I'm impressed, too. You have no idea. <laughs> this is the fastest that I've ever written. And I really, I, I chalk it up to, A, I want to get this story done. Yeah, you've and given then, yourself a due date. Yeah. But, and then be like being ML actually helps a lot. Municipal liaison for people who don't know um, ML for the nano region. It just, because I have to be at all the events. So I, and I have to write. And so, like, some of our events, well, I guess all of our write ins are like three hours long at least. So, like, on Saturdays and Sundays, I have three hour blocks of writing time that are already set aside. And then I'm sitting there with other people who are writing. And then on Wednesday evenings, it's the same thing. It's like we sit down and we write. So like, A, putting aside the time. B, having a goal of like, I need to finish this. It's just making it that easy to just plow ahead. And the other thing that I've read multiple times in multiple places is you just have to show up. You know, you have to show up as the ML, but also other you know, showing up to a write-in or showing up to your computer or your notebook, however you write, that's half the battle, really, is sitting down and doing it. Yep. And then, as they say, an object in motion stays in motion. Oh, that's a good analogy, too. Stays at rest. So get moving. Get your fingers moving. Get your brain moving. And then the story will follow and the more you keep moving the easier it gets to to get to the finish line to write the end and be proud of what you've created so and i think one of the things also for me is this tricking yourself out of your 
your habits and your hangups and those kinds of things. <laughs> you know, yep. you have to literally, like you said, lock your inner editor in the closet or I don't know, you know, <laughs> drink your cup yep. of coffee or find a new place to write or whatever it is. But if you really want to get the word count in, you have to do these things. Yep. To overcome or yourself. That's the hardest find part. Find an accountability partner too, you know, yeah. like, I mean, that's what I like about Nano is there's always somebody that's like, Hey, are you guys writing now? You know, like, do we need word count or do you want to meet at this time? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And that's the thing that I've, I've found. Yes, we have sponsored write-ins for NaNoWriMo in our group, but there are also other people who are just saying, Hey, I'm going to be at this Starbucks. If anybody wants to show up, like, come on, right. <laughs> you know, which is pretty awesome too. Exactly. Because it, you know, then you're not that loner person. <laughs> right. Exactly. That too. Which but I don't mind. I don't mind being a loner person most of the time, but you know, <laughs> even if someone's occupying the same space as you are, then there's this sense that this creative circle kind of engulfs you both and <laughs> it will rub off on whoever's having trouble getting the words to the page. Yep. It's true. Plus, you know, you can ask somebody to brainstorm with you or you can just you know, tap into your own little competitive spirit of, I'm not going to let somebody else write more words than me today. Sure. Yeah. And Again, tricking yourself. Work. If you need to make it a contest, make it a contest. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, Whatever it takes. Whatever you got to do. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So you stopped reading your book. This oh, week. yeah. What are you reading now? Oh, Seth Godin's book that you gave me when it's your oh, turn. Oh, excellent. Which I've been, I, I mean, that's not necessarily, for at least for me, it's not one that you read, like, straight through. Yeah. So it's called uh, What to Do When It's Your Turn and It's Always Your Turn. Yes. So the, the part that I read today that was really interesting and also applicable, I think, to this is I was reading a he had written something about um, Gutenberg when he invented the printing press. Um, 96% of the population in Europe was illiterate. Uh And and his reflection, Godin's reflection was, what a terrible time to invent the printing press. (laughs) When 96% of the population, then he was talking about Benz in Germany when he, and you know, when he developed the car, it was illegal to drive. He had right. the king's permission to use the device that he created. And so, you know, his whole kind of s- summary statement is it's never the right time. It's never mm-hmm. the right time. And for me, it's never the right time to write a novel. It's never the right time to start a business. It's never the right time to be an entrepreneur, you know. Right. Okay. It's never the right time. So what are you going to do about it now? <laughs> yeah. So if it just comes down to if you really want it, you're going to do it. You're going to use whatever tools are available and you're going to make it happen. And you're not going to let that mindset like hold you back of it's not the right time. So I can't do this yet. Well, and so he was he was reflecting on the fact that he had done a presentation for this group of 25 interns that were in their early 20s. And these were the best and brightest. You know, they had come from 
not good families. They had had they had been afforded all of the best schooling. They had creativity. They had access to uh, you know kind of world experiences and travel and all this. And he said it was the most fearful group of people he had ever met. Mm-hmm. And he would suggest something, and they would say, "Oh, you know, I don't think it's really time for that because you know I, I have student loans. I think it's not really the time in my life to take a risk." These twenty somethings. Mm-hmm. You know, unencumbered, they don't have, uh, sure, they have student loans, but they don't have families. They don't have, you know, a lot of these things that us adults that (laughs) have to deal with. Right. Oh, I see the risk. Yeah. So you can, I mean, you can hide away under your desk, right? As we've talked about. Yep. But you'll be hiding away and you'll just lose part of yourself, I think. Eventually, yeah. And and you'll end up five years from now, ten years from now, going, why didn't I take a chance while I had the chance? So, Exactly. Yeah. What about you? What are you reading? Still reading The Stormlight Archive. Um, it's a big book. It is. The Way of Kings, that's which one that is, the first book in The Stormlight Archive. It's a big book, but I will get through it. And you're doing a lot of writing, too, so... Yes, I have been doing a lot of writing. A lot, a lot. So now, are you to the point where your writing is kind of taking over every aspect of your life? Um, It's definitely starting to show up more. I've actually been running more, too. I don't know if I explained or if I said this last week, but... um, I don't, and I really don't know why, but I decided that now is a really good time to start training for another half marathon, so. Sure. Um, <laughs> so, I've been running a lot, and, and kind of by myself, too, because my, one of my running buddies moved to Berkeley, um, and the other one is, she's just busy a lot, um, so I haven't been running with them, I've been running on my own, and yeah, my brain is, like, starting to be filled with character thoughts and ideas and stuff like that that shows up when I'm running sure (laughs) so I'm like okay think about that for a little while that's pretty that's pretty cool yeah so I don't know I I want to be writing more and (laughs) does it count if you write different uh you know, if you write like twenty five thousand in this manuscript and twenty five thousand in that manuscript, I guess it doesn't. <laughs> um, I yeah, I you'd have to look in the official rules. I would have to look it up to let you know. But I think they want it to be one body of work. But I could be wrong. But now I'm wondering is if these two separate kind of memoirs that I have going are really one book. You it's know, possible. <laughs> Maybe the other ones that I've written are really scenes to this book. Could be. You never know. You never know. I mean, it's not an unheard of thing. (laughs) That two become one. Or one book becomes two as well. Yep, it happens both ways. But the other thing that I am working on is I'm working on a short story submission, too, that I've been working on for about a month. Nice. That's separate from Nano, and I really intended to get it done before Nano, but, you know. Doesn't always happen. No, and I still have about a week for that due date. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> assuming <laughs> Little Man doesn't make his appearance. So awesome. Well, you better get to work on that one then. Yeah, I know, right? So that's that's interesting too. Is okay in the midst of Nano, you know, preparing something else to actually be published or to be, to be submitted for publication for a different deadline. Yeah. For a different deadline, yeah. But I will say, although I'm not a nano purist, although I, I have only done it once, but as long as it's encouraging you to write, I think it's great. Definitely. Whether you get yeah. to the 50,000, whether you're working on one manuscript or two, or whether you break what you're, the longer manuscript you're working on to submit a short story, as long as you're writing. Yeah, however you use the tool is totally fine. And Just use the use creative it. energy of the group, exactly. you know? Exactly. That's the point, I think. I think even NaNoWriMo would say that. <laughs> you know, when you come back from your absence, we should talk. I just remembered there's one other thing we could talk about um, at some point. Because I, um, I just got my short story back from the developmental editors. and so Oh, nice. Talk about that experience. but Yeah, we could. Some other maybe, time. Maybe I will have heard yeah. <laughs> at that point. I still haven't heard from the one I submitted in September. And I'm not sure I'm going to hear. I don't yeah. know if they let all the people who uh If they tell the no. rejects. Yeah. <laughs> Basically That's is rude. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. They should tell you. We yeah. should do a catch up. Okay, so next week it'll be Elizabeth and Stacy. We're yeah. pretty sure. We're pretty sure. <laughs> but this is episode 90 of Thinking Out Loud. And so I'm definitely going to be here for episode 100 because I can't give up episode 100. <laughs> Sorry. But I think, I think we have uh, Stacy and Molly and Sam has said he'll come back on. And Thomas has said he wants uh, to do a, a show with you, too. Just talk awesome. about Amanda Palmer. He won't have anything to talk about. So that'll be great. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So now that we've done a super podcast where all of the thinking.fm podcast hosts are together podcast buddies yes now we're gonna do uh, a mix-up you know who knows maybe i'll be on thinking maybe you'll be on thinking religion too oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) one of these days but that's the great thing about having a good team so it's gonna be interesting for thinking out loud in the coming weeks but i hope you'll still join us because it's going to be fun i'm gonna have fun listening to it i know that (laughs) Awesome. And Elizabeth's going to keep us going. Uh, let's hope so. <laughs> let's hope so. So if people want to get in contact with you, maybe they want to be a co-host for a week. Oh, you know, yeah, step you in. Know. How could they get in contact with you? You can find me on the web at www.writingrefinery.com. <laughs> Man, it's still early here. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, on Pinterest, on Twitter, and on Goodreads at writing refinery awesome and if you want to talk about publishing or you want to talk about harrelson press and what we do let us know harrelsonpress.com at harrelson press on twitter and harrelson press on facebook well i don't want to say goodbye it's gonna be a while well let's just say keep writing keep writing keep writing until next time okay bye bye